Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Reception the Show. What's up, everyone? Another edition of Reception Perception, the show. As you can hear, I'm not James Coe. I am Matt Harmon. Joining me tonight while James Coe is off taking care of real, serious, real-life business out there, we've got our guy, Zach Miller. Zach, great time to have you on because I know we initially discussed having you on these like a, like a monthly dynasty check-in, and this was just good time with with James out. Now it's just me and you. The the boys get to have some fun while the old man is no longer with us. Yeah, it works out. You killed the show intro. Um, it's it's no James Code the show, but it was an excellent intro. And I'm happy to be here, man. Happy to join up. I love the Dynasty episodes, and I'm that post Thanksgiving timing works well for me as well. So glad to be here. Glad to be back on the show. No doubt. Yeah, I actually hate. Um, like when people welcome to a show this is like a total side tangent but i hate when people are like welcome to the podcast it's like welcome to what you're just listening to this okay you're not actually welcoming to anyone to anything so i specifically try to never do that but it does make for like a weird intro so hey i did my best uh i am actually a professional podcast host in my day job so this should be something i can i can do with a reasonable degree of confidence i i'm not as seasoned veteran as you so i'm going along with it i'm fine not being intro i'm i like just hopping on like it's a casual i'm just showing up we're stopping to have a chat type scenario well there we go we got a big uh chat here ahead of us uh we've got a lot to talk about as mentioned we're going to do our kind of monthly dynasty check-in i know we're going to talk a lot about the rookies because man i'm really curious to pick your brain about these guys because i feel like i'm having a I don't know, hour by hour debate with myself in terms of uh, which of these guys I like best at the top all the way down the ranking. So that's going to be fun. I know we have a lot of veterans to hit on as well, but we're going to start with a new feature that just went up on the site. I'll call it a uh, a fan favorite, like a diehard favorite, uh, or at least honestly, I like doing it because it helps me. Zach, it's the late season running back stash rankings. This is something that for years I've always talked about, you know, the stretch run in fantasy football, like once you get past the bye weeks, you go ahead and throw like your wide receiver five, your wide receiver six, get, get them off your roster. You're tight. If you're, if you're carrying a second tight end for whatever reason, you, you can get that guy off your bench. Okay. Backup quarterback, stuff like that. Depth players don't need them anymore. What you need on your bench for the stretch run in fantasy is you need some upside running backs because let's just say, you know, somebody gets hurt you get a freebie start there, like a potential running back one or two. Look, the one guarantee we have in fantasy, Zach, is chaos, okay? And chaos hits at the end of the season. One of these running back injuries takes place. You want to be positioned with that dude already on your waiver wire or already on your bench, not fighting off the rest of goofballs in your league to try to get them on your team. Yeah, things are going to happen. You're going to have players come out of nowhere that win you championships. I mean, Rashad Penny was thrown off the face of the earth until about week 10 last year and then 
climbed people to fantasy glory. So you got you got to get ahead of that because you're not getting them once the waivers go through. You may not have if you're in a fab league, you may not have the money to go do it. So get them now. Exactly right. Yeah, the one running back thing uh, I do on receptionperception.com is this, just because, again, I think it's important. So basically, um, for the uninitiated, it's on receptionperception.com. If you have a Prime or Sicko membership, you can get access to it. But we're going to give you a little bit of a free uh, taste of it, a little preview here to get you excited about this tool. And it's something I'll update, you know, day by day based on uh, any news that we get. Um, So basically, there's there's five categories that people are sorted into because I love a tier. I love a group. One group is should be 100% rostered. This is a guy like, you know, Alexander Madison. I think Kareem Hunt kind of fits into this group as well, you know, because he's not really getting any standalone usage. You know, you're, you're Alexander Madison, though, I think is the best example, right? A guy that every he should be 100% rostered because if Dalvin Cook goes down, he he's a guy that is going to give you running back two numbers. Then there's the next group, the priority stashes, the waiver wire speed dial slash deep stash groups, the unclear group. No, no, no backfield fits this better than the 49ers backfield right now. I've just got Tyrion Davis Price and Jordan Mason right there, man, because, and hey, I, I honestly, if I was really being real, I probably should add Tevin Coleman right there as well because that group is unclear. And then there's the last, my favorite, the don't care group, okay? Like, I don't care about Marlon Mack if he's the number two running back in Denver. Don't care about that. Don't care about the number two running back on the Houston, Texas. Stuff like that. So, Zach, let's get into this. Um, I, I've got a few guys here that I, I wanted to highlight from the list and, and where they sit. Um, but I wanted to hear if there's anyone, any of these backup running backs that sort of stands out to you, uh, someone that, that, that where they, where they're ranked, where they're grouped, whatever. Yeah. I think, uh, throwing off the really, really interesting one. I, I always see the classic fantasy football. I'll just put two guys right next to each other. Cause I'm not sure who, which one to rank first. I love that. I love seeing that in here. <laughs> hey, that's a pro. The, the hedge rank is a pro move. Okay. It's like, uh, at the beginning of the season, I don't know who I want more Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. The answer was actually don't take either of them. Cause they're going to miss a ton of games but um yeah I just put them right now put them 18 19 sure the hedge rank yeah I see the Zonovan Knight James Robinson the interesting one for me I like why the tear break between Jalen Warren and James Cook that that's the I think that's the question is like you have a top tier offense in the bills yeah they don't really run the football so that's probably the main reason for the tear break and I guess James Cook is a rookie as well that that's the only one I see here that I'm like uh You've got Singletary going down. James Cook has already looked really good the last couple of weeks. He's starting to integrate himself a little bit more. You've got that high-powered offense. I, I don't know. I don't see a huge difference between him and Jalen Warren when you're talking between, like, you got the speed, the Steelers compared to the Bills, but I think James Cook might be the better back there. He's going to be on the better mm-hmm. offense. He, he, for me, would probably enter that should be 100% rostered tier. Uh, but other than that, not, not a ton of it ton of debate for me especially when you get down near the bottom on the unclear don't care that tier to me is almost the same but yeah that would be that'd be the one i think james cook has quite a bit of upside especially as the receiving game he's just a little bit more dynamic than singletary who's getting a lot of those dump off passes i think james cook can just do a lot more with them than singletary can so i think almost if he steps into that role he might be more valuable than singletary has been i think that's a fair call out right like so for me, I have uh, Jalen Warren in the should be 100% rostered camp. Uh, I have him mm-hmm. in that tier. He's the last guy in that tier. And then James Cook is the first guy in the uh, priority stash, essentially, uh, that tier. He's the first one there, running back seven on the running back stash list. Um, but I think it's a fair call. The only reason I ended up putting Jalen Warren in the should be 100% rostered is because Najee Harris is hurt right now. Like, uh, that right. that's the one thing. Like, so I think, and I'm we'll talk about, Warren here in a second in that particular matchup this week. So I think it's really fascinating, but I, I do think that if there was something to happen to Devin Singletary, I've been pretty impressed with James cook, you know, just the opportunity that he's been getting, even with Singletary on the field. Um, I I'm pretty surprised that Naheem Hines has basically just been a kick returner. Like <laughs> What's I, the point? I know. Well, Hey, listen, they, they needed a better kick returner, I guess. Right. Like they got Isaiah McKenzie doing full-time slot stuff at this point. But, um, yeah, that, no, that has been a bit of a surprise to me. Um, so, I, but although at the same time, Zach, couldn't you imagine that Singletary goes down and like, you know, I don't know that they really trust James cook as like an early down back. And then Hines is probably still going to mix in, in the, in the rushing game or, or does the trade of Zach Moss like signal like, Hey, no, if, if Singletary goes down, like we're cool rolling out James cook. Yeah. I think they were done with Zach Moss. It kind of felt like one of those moves is like, let's get this trade done. 
And also, will you take him off of our roster? Like, yeah. Can we also send him your way? So I, I think that to me gave a little bit, I don't know if it was as much confidence in James Cook as just like, we're done with Zach Moss, get him off of our team. But I, I don't see Naeem Hines taking that early down work. So I yeah. think James Cook would kind of shoo in there and Hines would probably see some third down. I'm shocked by his usage in general. They traded like picks away to go get him, but I, I think he would have some upside. I think he'd be that first, second down back and probably rotate third down work. That's enough for me uh, with the, with the stash running back through there. I'd, I'd put him on my bench, get rid of one of those wide receiver four or fives. I'm definitely fine with that. Yeah, that's why I at least wanted to have him on the priority stash list just because I, I think he is a little bit overlooked right now as a guy who has major, major upside if Devin Singletary ever goes down. I mean, Singletary... I mean, dude, Singletary is a guy they've been trying to replace, right, for several years, uh, and it, it just kind of keeps coming back to him because he's pretty trusted, at least, in that offense right now. So, yeah, for me, I, I agree with your point. I think that's why he's the top guy in my pro- priority stash list. But I want to talk about Jalen Warren here with you because, I mean, Najee Harris has been one of the most disappointing maybe perhaps the most disappointing pick you could have made in fantasy football this year. I mean, he's giving you some weeks, but certainly not anything close to like a consensus 100% first-round pick. Jalen Warren missed last game with a hamstring injury. I thought it was kind of surprising that, you know, as we were taping this on Wednesday, they announced earlier today that he's cleared, like he's going to play this week. I thought that was a little surprising. Both Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane kind of looked pretty good against the Colts, which I thought was, again, surprising because the Colts have a pretty good run defense. But let's just say there's no Najee Harris. I do expect him to miss this week's game. Jalen Warren, I think, again, he's a guy that should be on 100% of rosters. I put Benny Snell... Uh, on this list as well thanks to your recommendation I did put him in the unclear uh, group there but let's just say Harris is out what are your expectations for Jalen Warren in a really really nice matchup this week yeah it is great there's not much better than the Falcons matchup coming for running backs which is almost unfortunate that there's so much uncertainty with injuries is with that it also Najee seems to have avoided a major injury I don't I don't foresee him playing this week but who knows I'm not an injury expert there it, what Warren didn't practice at all last week too, which I think made it almost more surprising that they just cleared him. If if he plays, I'm I'm all in on it. I I think the Steelers kind of have always been the like one man gets this backfield as much as Mike Tomlin always talks about a timeshare in the off season, getting rid of yeah. work as soon as <laughs> as soon as the game starts, he's eighty percent for one player. So I'd I'd play him with full confidence if Najee's out, Warren's active. It's not a great offense, so you're probably not getting an RB1 ceiling out of him. But oh, he's, yeah. he, I think he gets enough opportunity and success against the Falcons that I'd, I'd plug and play him as an RB2 flex option this week. Pretty full confidence. I don't have a lot of concerns about Benny Snow. I've seen a lot from him before. Yeah. He looked good against the Colts, but I don't know. I don't know how much that holds up. And they, they seem to prefer Jalen Warren over him for most of the season. So I think they have a little bit more confidence in him moving forward. So. I'd take that easy. Yeah, and as much as you're totally right, usually it is like a, hey, we're we're full blow one guy and that's it. They have been mixing Jalen Warren in a little bit. Uh, prior to that injury in week eight, he had six carries for 50 yards, three catches on three targets for 25 yards. He had nine carries for 37 yards. Uh, again, three for three through the air in that game as well. You know, he'd been kind of mixing in, not like a ton of snaps or anything like that, but it's hovering somewhere between like, 20 and 30 snaps taking a little bit off of Najee Harris who I just wonder if like we're going to get that report in the offseason like oh Najee Harris was just never actually healthy this year you the know, never healthy he report yeah yeah the never healthy report which look I would I would kind of buy it because he came in with like a foot injury you know and so I, I would get that but you know so that's why I'm, I'm with you that I'm pretty high on Jalen Warren if he goes out there um, he certainly does not have the upside of other dudes who are in that 100% roster you know Samaje Pirine came out last week and showed you like this is why you want like you want to have Samaje Piran parked on your bench before the Joe Mixon concussion game because then you just get to start him, you know. So that's why these guys like I I have other dudes in that category as well. Some that you'd expect, some that you wouldn't. I think, but um, yeah, that that's why I think Jalen Warren fits into that mix. Doesn't have quite the upside as a guy like Piran because he plays with the damn Steelers, but. Um, yeah, I, I do think that uh, Jalen Warren would make a nice start this week. One other guy I wanted to highlight here too, in the priority stash one. What do you feel? How do you feel about Dontrell Hilliard? I have him kind of high, eighth mm-hmm. overall, second in the sh- priority stash group, just behind James Cook. I feel like Dontrell Hilliard is a guy. I don't know what his roster ship is across like multiple platforms, but I feel like he's a dude that 
is a little bit overlooked right now as one of these guys that if something happened to Derrick Henry and, you know, I mean, knock on wood, everybody knows I love Derrick Henry. Like, I, you know, but he, he is dealing with an injury right now. Um, you know, just small stuff, whatever. If something happened to Derrick Henry, he had to miss a couple games, something like that. They want to rest him before the playoffs. Uh, would Dontrell Hilliard be a guy that like Jalen Warren, you're rolling out as an RB two? Yeah, I think that's almost like a sneaky add on. Cause like you said, not a lot of people talk about his name. If you're not, really really well versed in there but the the titans playoff run matchup is just absurd i mean everybody's waiting to ride ride him to victory all the way through but like you said he's kind of dealing with that foot injury and Dontro hilliard has he's made some plays this season especially in the past game i mean he's got a couple touchdowns under his belt which primarily in the fantasy community just goes like vultures like uh come on where's yeah. my derrick henry touchdown another Dontrell hilliard sure. one but he looks good and yeah. when um when Derek Henry went down last season and we saw Deontay Foreman come in and have some juice, which we're seeing a little bit again this season with the Panthers, they they came in and he was still valuable in that role. They run the ball well. They have a decent offensive line. That's kind of their identity. And I don't think they would just flip the switch and start being an airmail offense just because Derek Henry goes down. And I think he's pretty the clear-cut backup there. There's not really anybody else in that backfield that I think would take that role. And you're probably shooing in 15, 20 touches a game. And he's a really capable pass catcher. He's He's got a lot of juice on that. He's clearly not as big as Derrick Henry. I don't think anybody could be. But I think he's pretty valuable there. I, I he was Someone coming into this list, I was expecting to be like, oh, like maybe you should have this guy higher. And I couldn't because you had him up there. You already had him high enough that I was like, it's great. It's at least someone someone's showing a little light on them. But he, he's a fun player to watch. I think he'd be great. They're, I'm trying to find their playoff matchups as I'm reading this. But it looks like, yeah, okay. So goes against Jacksonville, Chargers, and Houston. The Chargers-Houston matchup. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's pretty sweet, dude. Like Again, we want Derrick Henry out there for those games. But just in a hypothetical world, he misses any time. I mean, we're going to be pretty gassed about Hassan Hosk. Uh, excuse me, I, I almost I, I was Freudian slip there, but uh, Dontrell Hilliard there, we'd be pretty gassed about him. I did just want to mention the name Hassan Haskins, the guy they drafted this year. Um, he was he's been dealing with a hip injury, but he did mm -hmm. play uh, six snaps against the uh, Bengals in the last game. Seven snaps, obviously. Like that's one thing that I. This is a bigger point about this about this exercise where I think we talk about you know insurance backs handcuffs whatever like in draft season we don't always know how these things are going to play out even in a situation like as much as I'm getting excited about Dontrell Hilliard as a guy that you should stash like there is a scenario where they view Hilliard as like a specialty player a utility guy and then oh Derrick Henry goes down they throw out Hassan Haskins and he actually gets like 14 15 carries no passing game work and that goes to Hilliard but that makes both of those guys kind of less valuable than if just one of them was that dude. So that's always something to monitor here. But I still, regardless, like Hilliard's a veteran. He's played for them before. He's actually made some plays in a standalone sense this year as well. Yeah, I think they're, in the way you said, Haskins is a bigger back. He is more of that like physical look to Derrick Henry that they could slot him in there. I, I think also the fact that they're a little still technically playoff bound and kind of their record to me has an important to it. Where like, that's, that's not a team that's kind of like, airmailing the rest of the season they're still yeah, trying to no. win games Vrabel still very much has them bought in that like I don't know if they really hand off everything to a rookie that hasn't played much but he does fit that physical mold of Derrick Henry a little more but the, I think the matchups enough for me are enough that I would I, if I was Derrick Henry's owner he'd be on my bench in every league 100% yeah I mean even again and this is the beautiful part about this like even if you don't have Derrick Henry you stick Hilliard on your bench guess what that the Henry person they 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 get an injury whatever they're gonna be running the waiver wire like all right let me get Hilliard oh Zach's already got him on the damn bench you know that's uh that's what it's all about irritating other people in your league all right so that's the running back stash tool the rankings there uh, again, you know, five categories, fully ranked backup running backs, uh, you know, and this is just my personal preference and also comes with guys that are not stashes, you know, the, the Tyler Algiers, and I hated to put DeAndre Swift in that category, but he's now kind of a flex with benefits kind of guy, right? 30% <laughs> snap share. He's gotta be, he's not seeing enough anything. To he's be not yet. Yeah. He's, he's, he's Jamal Williams backup. He's fighting <sighs> so with Justin Jackson. To be. <laughs> not for me, dude. I, I listen. I have a lot of Jamal Williams teams, so not for me. I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. it, but uh, that's just me. All right, so anyways, that's the tool. Again, 
if you're a subscriber, receptionperception.com with a Prime Sickle membership, you can get access to that tool and much, much more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Let's move on to the meat of the show here, our dynasty check-in. Uh, Zach, I tasked you with some dudes, just like last time, that you wanted to talk about. Uh, you came on last time and highlighted Marquise Brown, really took me to task on my Marquise Brown ranking. Good call by you. He's been getting incredible usage. I know he ended up getting the injury right after you hyped him up, so that was great timing by you. But still, fortunate. comes back. I mean, your guy comes back last week and has awesome uh usage we talked about it with james uh where i'm really excited about how the the cardinals are using him uh right now in conjunction with deandre hopkins hope he continues to get that slot usage off the buy but let's jump in uh with the first topic you brought here uh, a confidence check on deontay johnson and i think it is definitely time to have that discussion yeah i i think that was one that i mean we've we've both been we love deontay johnson i mean if you followed reception perception at any point in time you know how great of a route runner he is anybody listening knows how great of a route runner is how much we love him but man that offense has been horrible and they Mm -hmm. can't support a wide receiver i mean there was the whole crowd there was like you know pickens is going to take over be the wide receiver one and i mean he's been just as unusable pretty much as deontay johnson he's had some games here and there with like obviously johnson's gone the entire season without a touchdown but yeah i wanted to check in with how kind of you're feeling because you're still well ahead of consensus on Deontay Johnson when it comes to dynasty rankings. I, I think that's one that I'm personally still in agreement with. I wrote an article before the season that's on the website if anybody wants to check it out. But kind of beating the drum for like, hey, it's it's going to be a bad season for these Steelers wide receivers and don't throw in the towel on them. Um, but yeah, I want to get a little confidence from you on on where you're at with that situation. Yeah, I mean, he continues to get incredible volume. Um, I'll say this about Deontay Johnson. Great route runner. Like you said, I've always highlighted that he's been an incredible separator in reception perception since his rookie year. He has got to be the worst good player ever. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, the the mistakes that dude makes and not the drop stuff. He's actually not having as bad of a drop season as people make it out Mm -hmm. to be. He'll never he'll never live that one. uh, The the 2020 season down and he had like the NFL and drops all that stuff like and most of them were like in big primetime games. I always talk about that with drops bias. Still, he'll that he'll wear that forever. But my God, like the amount of yards he loses on yards after catch uh, opportunities, someone needs to like get in his head and be like, bro, when you are in the open field, there is one way you go and it's upfield. Stop going sideways, man. I know I'm nitpicking here, but this is the type of stuff that makes the difference between like, are you an elite number one wide receiver? Are you even a number one wide receiver? Are you like a, you know, high end number two receiver? And I think like that, that might be what Deontay Johnson is. I think I still think he's a really good player and most of like the statistical failings are due to 
both the offense uh, and, you know, just breaking in a rookie quarterback. I mean, I've talked about the offense is like my least favorite designed offense in the entire NFL, but I at least want to be fair and, and balanced here and say that the m- amount of mistakes the dude makes in the open field are are very, very frustrating. He's too shifty for himself. He, he, he'll shift too much. It's like he yeah. grew up watching too. Well, he didn't grow up. He played with Le'Veon Bell for just, he saw him a little too much and was like, I could do that. I could. <laughs> jump behind the line for eight seconds before I move anywhere. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he, I I mean, he definitely puts it on himself a little bit, but I don't know when I watch him play, I don't see any, any different. He doesn't feel like a different receiver to me. It just feels like a different offense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, I I think this year, what's been really frustrating is they're so based on, on like the sideline, like they're a very sideline attack and offense. And, And I talk about this all the time that a lot of their route combinations, Number one, they're very basic. They run a lot of go routes. They run um, a lot of hitches, little short comebacks, stuff like that. It's all like stuff that you would use to beat man coverage. And like not a lot of folks run man coverage in the NFL right now at this point. Most defenses are very, very zone heavy. So I think their route combinations are bad. I mean, Matt Canada, I I don't want to be super mean about this, but like Matt Canada is a dude who like kind of just kind of fell into this job, right? Like he's a failed college offensive coordinator that was the quarterback coach and then became the offensive coordinator just kind of out of happenstance because they got rid of Randy Fickner. So I think the Steelers have to look themselves in a mirror in the mirror this offseason and say like, all right, we've got Kenny Pickett. They're probably rocking and rolling with Kenny Pickett for another year. I think he's shown enough flashes, right? Like that he's not a yeah. Josh Rosen, you know, something like that. Like so, so No, the game the game on Monday was I like I thought it was pretty promising for Kenny Pickett. It was first time I kind of saw some juice from him. Yeah, he's not – I don't think he's strung like a consistent great game together, but flashes in the Colts game, flashes in the Bengals game. And, you know, Kenny Pickett's not supposed to be a dude who – like he's not a top five pick. You know, he was like the best of a bad quarterback class. So it's okay (laughs) that he's not, you know, out there, you know, taking the games over or something like that. And this is not a I don't think this is a great situation as much as like you have George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, like and you have Pat Fryermuth, you have some talent at running back. I think the offense is set up for these players to fail. Like it makes I said this on Monday night that this offense has a wide receiver who's always open in Deontay Johnson, a wide receiver in George Pickens who makes absurd. I mean, just crazy catches and is incredibly talented. Like it should not be this hard, but it is this hard. So. Here's the deal. If Deontay Johnson and these dudes are in a different offense next year, you know, then I think that we're we can get somewhere with these guys and we can get like legit. I mean, we could get legit stuff out of Deontay Johnson. We can get legit stuff out of George Pickens, but it do, it is going to take an offensive change. It is going to take a philosophy change there for the Steelers, I think, for this to happen. So in terms of a dynasty check, if someone offered you, uh, let's go random. Okay, we're getting to the point you can guess, but if someone offered you a first round pick for Deontay Johnson, do you have enough confidence that you would hold on to that or would you would you take the wide receiver there? It's a great question. I hate when you actually make these a uh, you know a real <laughs> like a non a non hypothetical uh that make this a real thing. I'll say this, right? Like I don't know anything about this this upcoming class. You know, this is about the time of year when folks start to hit me up like, "Oh, you got any <laughs> breakdowns about the prospects?" I'm like, "My god, you do, I no. I'm trying to have no, 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 I don't. I I, I talk to me in March, talk to me in April." Then I'm going to be all in on this draft class. But right now, no, I, d- I don't know anything about the draft class. So don't know anything about those wide receivers. Don't know anything about those running backs. Um, so it's just kind of like a, a random first round pick to me. I-, I think I'd still take Deontay Johnson, especially if I'm just like, like I want the n- known asset. If it's not like a top five pick, especially like a projected top five pick in the rookie draft, I think I'd probably just roll the dice on potentially hitting a home run there. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I think if it's a, like a later first round pick, I'm still going to want Deontay Johnson, who's a proven good player. Like he's not about to wash out of the NFL. It's just going to take like a any. By the way, he's only tied to Pittsburgh for one more year, I think, after this, right, or or maybe two more years. But yeah, I think office. two, yeah, because they signed yeah. the two year extension after. But Is it extension? Know, I, yeah, that's right. I agree. Any anywhere in that top, if it's a projected top five pick, I think I'd probably move on. But anything other than that, I'm probably. So I guess maybe it's a buy because I'm sure there are people that are kind of down on it and get down on the Steelers probably ready to cut bait on him a little earlier so like what what's the percentage chance that Deontay John or George Pickens is just a better wide receiver like real life and fantasy by the end of 20 because right now I I think people right now might tell you he's a better wide receiver I'm not there yet but like by the end or middle of let's say middle of next season it's just a universal 100% fact George Pickens is better than Deontay Johnson what's the like percentage 
I, I really think it's almost a 50-50 toss-up right now. We could talk about Deontay's mistakes a lot, but Pickens has had some drops too. Like yeah. it doesn't and Onfrey doesn't get the flack for it the same way. He's too he makes up for it from the insane sideline yeah. catches, but he's he's made some boneheaded mistakes and he definitely doesn't have the same route tree developed that Deontay Johnson does. But in terms of I think measurables and top end ceiling, I think he may have a little bit that Deontay Johnson doesn't have. Um, just in terms of the Steelers are pretty able to draft. I mean, they're great at drafting wide receivers, but they're kind of able to get those smaller body wide receivers into great seasons. But Pickens just has that kind of like the catch radius that Deontay Johnson doesn't have. He seems to have mm-hmm. a little bit more like nose for the end zone that Johnson doesn't have. I don't think he is the best, like the better wide receiver between the two of them, but that may not matter in terms of just like shooting up points like hundred, like he can go up over a defender the way that Deontay Johnson can't just has a little more prototypical, like one build for a wide receiver. So I don't, I think it's probably a 50, 50 shot right now. If he makes as much as he's playing right now, if he shows some improvement next year, I think it's really, it would be pretty easy for him to overtake him. Yeah. Yeah. I think he definitely is almost a little overhyped right now based on, which is hard not to, cause the highs are so insane. Like I think a little bit of highlight bias kind of has folks, a little over their skis with George Pickens, who's a player I'm really, really high on. And I agree with you that I think it's like 50, 50, 60, 40, that he would be a better player than Deontay Johnson sort of kind of compare it to um, the Seahawks guys. Like I was talking about this today that like Tyler Lockett is just as good. If not even like a better, like why is Tyler Lockett out producing DK Metcalf in fantasy this year? It's like, Oh, because he is just as good. If not, maybe even better. Like he's at least let's put it this way. He is at least just as good of a wide receiver as DK Metcalf, but he doesn't have the same, size speed traits and stuff like that so I think this could develop into a similar situation like that uh, but like a poor man's version because I think Lockett is better than Johnson and I mean DK and George Pickens like that might be a push in in a couple of years and I, I think we might be in the minority there as well because I think I think so too the public consensus probably already has Pickens over Johnson which I think is a reach but he's he just he's got like the show stopping catches the like excitement of a rookie and the fan base never loved johnson as much so i think we're in the minority but i think it will i think that's a great comparison going with the dk lockett we're like after that first year lockett was kind of like all right he's a number two wide receiver let's kind of like let him sit there when really he's 1a 1b with him just as much this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Reception Perception. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Both Jaguars receivers, Calvin Ridley, like you said, it's time. It's time to have the discussion about Calvin Ridley. It's time. And Christian Kirk, where are we at with the Jags, dude? Yeah, almost kind of a question I was asking you because I know we, we, when, you're, when you're in redraft going through, like, Ridley's just nothing this season right now because he can't play. But they, they thought the trade was really interesting. I think he's a perfect fit there. Um, Trevor Lawrence has been balling out the last couple of weeks, starting to develop a little bit more. I think he's kind of that perfect missing piece where like, I'm not a big Zay Jones fan, but he's no, come on. been getting, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I heard you and you and James going back, getting tethered into wide receiver three, but man. I mean, Zay Jones, <laughs> come on, man. I mean, he's, he's fine. He's, he's an NFL player. He's okay. Said. He, I mean, you have to be to put up the kind of yardage he did last week. Like he's adequate. Like he's gonna have his games, and I like I've loved Christian Kirk 
out of college. I was a huge fan with him. Arizona moving over. I think he's a great player, but I think he has his limits in terms of what he can do. I think we've totally. seen that he kind of disappears against bad matchups when he's got to go out there and like beat the defense. He's not really doing it. He's kind of just there when like when the yards are there. And I think Ridley can really step in there. I think he's an outside receiver. He can beat man coverage, beat zone, beat press. He can play in the slot. I think he's kind of will walk into the number one situation there. And I think he's almost like a meld of like what you want Zay Jones to be plus what Christian Kirk is currently as just like a great wide receiver that I don't think Kirk, because Kirk's I think a top 10 wide receiver right now when you look at fantasy oh, rankings yeah. of like scoring, right? Oh yeah, he's been awesome. So this is probably the best season he's ever going to have. It is my, my person, I don't think really, because he's been scoring touchdowns like mad, and I don't really see him as like a huge touchdown guy. So when you have Ridley walk in the field next year, I think he moves down the rankings quite a bit. And I, if you're talking dynasty for me, let's say I'm not worried about the end of this season for any reason, you're out of competition or whatever, I'll take Ridley over Kirk 10 out of 10 times because I just think he's a better receiver. Yeah, I think all that's fair. Um, it's definitely like at their peaks, better receiver. Now I, I like Christian Kirk. I was in on Christian Kirk th- this year. I had him in the top or the receivers I have above consensus was very, very excited about Kirk. And in the dynasty notes for him, I have was flat out disrespected this off season can play and it's mm-hmm. clicking in Jacksonville. Like I like Christian Kirk. Um, obviously the thing with Ridley is just like, he's been away from football for a long time now. And, yeah. and that's always risky, right? Like, I'm with you that as a player at his peak, I mean, just pulling up his 2020 reception perception, Calvin Ridley. And this was when, you know, he was playing for most of the year as um, the number one receiver. Like Julio Jones was mm-hmm. hurt a bunch that year. Now I don't have his, I guess I can go back and do his 2021 season when, uh, when, when we're talking about the pre the coming into this year, but like just revisiting this 2020 season, 89th percentile success rate versus man coverage, 81st percentile success rate versus press. Like, yeah, you know what the Jacksonville Jaguars are missing right now? Somebody who can beat man coverage on the outside. Like Zay Jones, he ain't beating man coverage consistently on the outside. Marvin Jones, uh, yeah, he's not. Let me tell you what, he's not beating man coverage consistently. He's not beating on any the coverage outside. on the yeah, outside. Right. I mean, that's a that's a tough scene there for Marvin Jones, but he can at least make those plays like he did on the touchdown, uh, you know, to to end the game last week. So shout out to him for that. Mm. But Overall, this is this is absolutely like uh, in a hypothetical sense. This is what the this is what the Jacksonville Jaguars need as a guy like Calvin Ridley. So I understand your optimism there. Yeah, I'd be. I think I'd be a little more concerned if he was out due to injury. I know he's been away for football for a long time, but like these guys are athletes. I don't think he is ready to step away from football. I think it's unfortunate that he lost this season, but yeah, I'm excited for him to. Yeah, I'm excited for him to come back. I think. I think it's almost like a fresh start for him. You're out of Atlanta. You don't have those issues. The Jaguars are I they're on a kind of an up and up coming team. They've got a decent quarterback. I just think it's a really great spot. I remember after that trade just being like, I don't I don't think there's a better spot for him. They just kind of have like a gaping hole of like we need a number one guy. And their offense might just click because you've got Christian Kirk in the slot. Like you said, Zay Jones is a perfectly fine number three, four wide receiver. And then you've got Calvin Ridley stepping in as like a one. If he can return to form, I think he's well worth going out and getting right now if you can get any sort of like discount on the price tag. And I think he cuts into the value of Christian Kirk quite a bit, which worries me because I love Christian Kirk and I think he's been having like a great season. It just, I don't know if they can feed that many mouths when you have Ridley in the situation. We've got Ridley. You've got ETN, who's a good receiving back, and then you still have Zay Jones. You've got Evan Ingram there. I don't know if this may, I think personally this might be the best season Kirk has moving forward, so I'd be a little concerned with him in Dynasty. I think that's fair. The Jaguars, by the way, they have their own first-round pick. I don't think they'd use that on a wide receiver after trading for Calvin Ridley, but like a second, third-round pick, if they, the one thing I think they could use is like a big-body X receiver, because I think even in a ideal world you you probably want calvin ridley to be like your stefan diggs flanker type of receiver mm-hmm. you know i mean just talking about steph diggs like a gabe davis type of like non you know he doesn't have to be the best separator but like a big guy that can win downfield stuff like that that would really complete this receiver core but even if they walk into next year if calvin ridley's fully integrated fully into the program 
they walk into the season with him uh, as their number one guy on the outside. And, you know, Zay Jones is doing his Zay Jones thing. And, uh, you know, Christian Kirk's in the slot. Like, that's pretty good. Like, I think that's good enough to, to get by. But I still think they might add a rookie to it. But so, bottom line, I have... Uh, you know, pre-update. I've got Christian Kirk pretty high as is wide receiver thirty. I'm I'm sure that's probably ahead of consensus, although I don't know, of course. Um, it, would you do you think he needs to probably go down and like you know I I still I'm a little cautious with Ridley. I st- still have him pretty low, but I don't know right, where where you think from brass tack standpoint. You would I know you'd rather have Calvin Ridley, but I do still think that's a little bit of a hypothetical. Yeah, I think consensus right now, Kirk is at 36, so not not too far behind. He's come up a lot recently. Yeah. Um, he was at like 49, so seeing him up at 36 is kind of right where if I'm looking at Calvin Ridley, and I mean, yeah, it is, it's hard, it is a little hypothetical. He will come back, but I think he'll have a full offseason with the Jaguars. There's no suspension on that. I would prefer him to both of the Broncos wide receivers right now. So I'm probably sitting him at like 35, 34. Yeah. So it may be right there with, I, I think him and Kirk almost. Yeah. If I'm uh, talking myself into this, I'd probably hedge him. I'd probably put him back to back walking into the there season. We go. My dynasty rankings like <laughs> cheating, uh, rubbing off on me already. But hey, yeah, I, I think I would. I think I'd put him right there. I, I wouldn't hurt to have him up a little bit, maybe in like the the low 30s. I, I'd rather have him than Traylon Burks, if that means anything. I think he's, hmm. well, maybe. I don't know. That's tight. Um, but yeah, that's, that's I think he's, he's still in his prime. Like he's still young. He's 27 years old. That's We see a lot of wide receivers kind of peaking right there. And none of it's due to injury. It's a little bit of hypothetical, but I think he was a great wide receiver. I really like the fit there. I'm pretty confident in him moving forward that, and I just, I just like that pairing. Trevor Lawrence is looking a lot better. The Jaguars looking a lot better. I think he'll walk into a big target share there, and I really think he'll fit well in that offense. And this is something that we see, too, with these guys. Like, I mean, I think they could be a really great one-two punch, uh, Christian mm-hmm. Kirk and um, – Christian Kirk and, and, and obviously, uh, and Calvin really there, if it all, if it all works out, like, again, I right. keep wanting to come back to this, that it is sort of like a, let's, let's just see, actually see him in training camp, actually see him integrated, all that type of stuff. It would theoretically be uh, a really great situation. And, and we see this too, with these slot guys, like when, um, when the, when, when the outside player can help elevate the ceiling of the entire offense, like that can be good for these uh, slot receivers. Now the Jaguars are a pretty good offense from like drop back EPA. They rank sixth, mm-hmm. o- o- you know, overall they actually are like fourth in drop back and drop back success rate. Like they've been a surprisingly really efficient offense, but I think that they can be more of like a voluminous yards, touchdowns type offense. Uh, if, if, if they really have a number one outside receiver and Trevor Lawrence takes yet another step, which is certainly something that can happen. So I like that discussion there. Last guy we're going to talk about here in the wide receiver section, Debo Samuel. And um, I, I, I'm glad you put him on the outline here. Cause this is tough. I was, I think that I'm probably, I mean, I don't know where does, where's Debo like consensus wise. I'm pulling it up as we speak too. I think he's still high up there. He's at 14 actually. And you have him at 15. So you're, you're pretty much spot on with consensus with Debo. Yeah. I'm 15, uh, 15. So I wrote in the notes and I think this is probably what I had at the notes and I put him out in the off season. Wouldn't bank on 2021 efficiency, but very good player in a strong ecosystem. And, I think I have him as a hold slash sell. Yeah. So, okay. That may, I mean, that makes sense to me, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm struggling with Debo right now. Uh, so give me your thoughts and then we'll go back and forth here. Yeah. I, I almost brought it back. You were having a conversation. I think it was on Twitter about like wide receivers being in the right role for themselves. Like the Cooper cup role. Like if you take Cooper cup mm-hmm. out of the Cooper cup role, he's clearly not as valuable. He's not going to be that number one overall wide receiver. If you just put him outside against man coverage, every he's just not going to work. And I think that was kind of what happened with Debo last year is he was put in the Debo Samuel role. Like that was the best role he could be in. He's getting six to eight rushes a game. He's getting the little dump offs. And we saw a season where he's not really in the same role as he was before. He's not seeing as many of the rushes. He's kind of competing with Christian McCaffrey for those like short yardage screen catches. It's kind of limited his upside. And I mean, I don't really know if he gets back to that role. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, I think that the Christian McCaffrey trade 
couldn't have seen that coming. Of course, no. I think it's really made it. I think it's made the a bad situation already worse for like already bad situation worse for Debo Samuel because, like, I think Debo's a good player in certain areas of playing wide receiver. Like he's a great slant route runner. Uh, he's a great dig route runner, like all that in breaking stuff. Great zone beater. Uh, he's a little bit more of like a downfield receiver than people give him credit for like post routes, stuff like that, but he is not. And I think people were ready to put him in this bucket after what he did last year. He is not a, you know, a Justin Jefferson type of receiver. He is not like Stefan Diggs or, or even a guy like AJ Brown, you know, he's just not, that type of receiver. And a lot of what he did last year was before the rushing stuff, even it was like those gimme routes, you know, like in addition to doing those big boy type things like post routes, dig routes in breaking stuff over the middle against zone coverage. He got a lot of gimmies. Those gimmies are now going to, he's at least splitting those with McCaffrey, which is a troublesome situation. I, I feel like McCaffrey will be there long-term Debo will be there long-term. We also have no idea what the offense is going to look like next year because Jimmy's not going to come back. My conspiracy theory is Brady, Tom Brady will be the starter next year, uh, and they'll still be developing Trey Lance for the tenth year in a row. Uh, but that does the does there. the Giselle curse follow him to 49ers, or does that stay with the Buccaneers? Great question. Uh, we'll have to consult with my wife on that one. Uh, we'll we'll get into the. I guess I can't say we'll get into the lab. We'll get into the. Um, the coven i don't what is the altar altar yeah Yeah, you get to the altar (laughs) yeah well we'll get back to you on that uh we'll we'll work that out uh if if brady decides to play another year here um because i mean i thought that the curse might be over once the divorce went final and then tristan worse is going to miss like three weeks four weeks and mike evans is you know hurt or or something so i don't know we'll get back to that we'll come back to that one but um yeah so debo right now but like again this was this was a bad situation, I think, even before uh, before Christian McCaffrey got there. Like, in the first few weeks of the season, two catches, 14 yards in week one, five catches, 44 yards in week two, five for 73, six for 115 and a touch when he broke that crazy one uh, against the Rams. But, like, a lot of what he did last year before the rushing stuff was – without Brandon Ayuk like that that's the thing that was mm-hmm. killing me this offseason was like you know folks want that like weeks one through eight role like we need that right like that's what we're gonna we need Debo to have that role that was never coming back again because Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse and he clearly was not, I mean not just not gonna be in the doghouse but he was gonna break out as a legit like stud receiver on the outside so it makes I think the Debo thing a little problematic from a variety of angles, but that's just where we're at right now. Like the 49ers have way too many good players, uh, which is a problem for fantasy, not for real life. Um, they have way too many good players. They have a quarterback in Jimmy G who's still like a product of his environment type of guy, not like necessarily a teammate elevator. So I don't know where does that leave us with Debo Samuel, who I did make the move to put Ayuk and Debo in the same tier. And I definitely think that's, that needs to be the case. Yeah. I think yeah, you said they're kind of cutting into each other's work with a place where Ayuk has his own role in that offense mm-hmm. that seems to be pretty solidified at this point, kind of safe. Like he's playing that outside X receiver role. McCaffrey's not cutting into that for anybody. No. Kittle's not cutting into that. And he's going to be there for a bit. I think, it's I think they're well like almost back to back to me. Like they're putting up similar production. Debo's still gonna have his his games because he's like a one for one type of player, but I don't know, it's concerning to me. I don't think he's that one that people wanted him to be this year. He's almost more of a volatile two. If you're looking for dynasty, he did sign that massive contract, so he's not yeah. going anywhere either. It, it just that that offense is great. They're loaded. I don't want to come up against them in real life, but when you're looking at fantasy. They've made each other so volatile where like Kittle's not reliable anymore. Even CMC is kind of, I mean, sure he's dealing with the injury, but he doesn't have the same volume. They all work really, really well together on the field. And that's just not great for your fantasy lineup. You're not going to really see that same Debo ever again. I don't think from last year with the way it sits right now. Yeah. I don't think we're ever seeing that again. That was like, um, I know this is typical stupid analysis, but it's like, that was like a magical season and you're just never going to, you're never going to see that again. A good player, but I, I, I don't think he's like a consistent wide receiver one for fantasy. Like he would need Ayuk to leave, which is by the way, possible, right? Like Ayuka yeah. is coming into his third year. He'll be fourth year next year, fifth year after that. Like 
I could see a situation uh, where Ayuk actually could be like a trade target for teams in the offseason that want to like that would give him a big deal because they still have Kittle on a big contract. They have McCaffrey on a big contract. Like they got to do something with the quarterback thing. And, uh, you know, Debo obviously on a big contract. And Ayuk has just been so good this year. Week six, 83 yards, two touchdowns, 82 yards, 81 yards, 84, 20 yards with two touchdowns, 65 yards was his like lowest game last week on eight targets like he's just been great I don't know um I, I would love to see him in like a traditional drop back offense that just asks like the number one wide receiver to win so he's a guy that I think is still like a screaming buy um but we'll see what happens with this offense very strange one to project for next year no I agree both him and uh Ayuk and uh Deontay Johnson for me I was like I would love for either of these two guys to go to the Bears to be with the Justin Fields and then it was like Chase Claypool and I was like ah <laughs> cool <laughs> i was like that's where we All spent right, our yeah. second round pick but okay it's fine neither of those two are moving anyway so I mean, yeah so it with debo sitting there so you have him ranked 14 i'm mean 15 sorry he's a uh, consensus ranked 14 that's above garrett wilson drake london well not in your rankings but let's say consensus rankings I'm, I think we're both on the same page that we would take either of those two at this point in dynasty yep. over. I take young. all, all three of the rookies over, over Debo for sure. Like, and, and I pro, like if offered a trade, I wouldn't, I don't have Debo on any dynasty teams, but just if I did, I wouldn't think twice about it. Like if someone offered me that I would, I'd take it in a, in a minute. So let's get a little tougher then. What about when you start getting to like Devonta Smith? who's someone that's sitting a little bit more at the end of that like range, like yeah, maybe your Devonta Smith or Rashad Bateman area. Yeah. I have those du- dudes in the same tier. I mean, Bateman's tough just cause he's coming off an injury, injury or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think I'd probably rather have Debo Samuel cause I think Smith's a good player, but in that offense, like he's, and he's always going to be like a one B at the, at the best to, to AJ Brown. So I don't know though. I just, there's, there's definitely like a scenario where Debo, who by the way, injured again, always kind of always struggling with injuries like there's definitely a he's not a he's a he's a very not safe floor type of player i have him on my fantasy team it's very stressful (laughs) (laughs) every week they're like people say i'm this question i'm like oh it's the hamstring it's like no no no, it's the quad i'm like what do you mean the quad i thought it was the ham they're like other hamstring other quad this week and you're like oh all right zach this has been awesome our time runs short uh appreciate all of the great stuff on the podcast. Tell the people what you've got going on and where they can follow you on the Twitter machine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of my work is on a really great website that you should check out called receptionperception.com. A great Um, website, people. Great (laughs) website. Uh, I write some Dynasty articles there as well as sometimes fill in some big shoes on the podcast. Um, And then you can also find me at Twitter. It's at Zachic underscore FF. Um, and that is where you can find most of my personal stuff where I throw out some random tweets during game day, my personal opinions and my hot takes. And you can follow me on there as well as should follow reception perception Twitter as we have a little bit of a dual hand in that sometimes. There we go. There we go. Yeah. All right, Zach. Appreciate it, man. Of course, uh, for everyone else out there. Thank you for listening. Uh, you should subscribe to the show if you're not already leave us a five star rating and review that would really help us grow the show. And of course, as Zach mentioned, If you haven't already, check out receptionperception.com. A lot of great stuff the rest of the season. Uh, It's going to be a fun one. And then, man, it'll be charting season before we know it, Zach. Uh, Love to see it. All right, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening.